So we've reached the end of the 90s and a little bit at the beginning of the noughties for the final episode of 2.4 Children. Before we go into the Millennium Experience Review, I just wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors for this week's episode. It is the podcast 90s and Noughties UK, a 90s and Noughties podcast pop culture. Here's Jamie Dyer to tell you more. Hi there, my name is Jamie Dyer and I'd like to invite you to join me for the 90s and Noughties UK podcast. Everything you love about UK pop culture of the 90s and 2000s, TV, film, music and more. We've got interviews, roundtables, discussions and sometimes just me waffling on about something very few remember. If that sounds like your kind of thing, try 90s and Noughties UK, available on all your favourite podcast providers. Welcome back to Don't Slam Your Podcast. We've reached the end of Series 8 and as such the last ever episode of the series. We have made it to the Millennium Experience and even though we're at the very end, it'd be nice to know that there are still new guests out there who wanted to join me. So joining me to discuss the final episode of 2.4 Children is new guest Jason. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's an honour to be here, especially on this last episode. So I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast. So thank you and thank you for allowing me to join today. Oh, well, well, thank you for listening. It's it's always nice to meet new listeners and saying people who want to come on and have a chat is always a real, I've had new guests for every series and even at the very last one. So really pleased to to meet you and really looking forward to having a chat about this. I think a very strangely and eerily solid and appropriate final episode of a sitcom. But yeah, we'll go it's into a great it. one, isn't it? It really yeah. is. So as with any new guest I have, I go through the 2.4 initiation before we go into the review. So my first question to you, Jason, is when did you first discover 2.4 children? So I'm probably one of your older listeners. I was born June 81. So I was 10 when it was first broadcast in September 91. So I remember watching it from the beginning and that age, just finding it really funny and different from other comedies at the time. Years later, I discovered it on gold and um, I'm so pleased it's on BritBox and iPlay now. I know lots of new viewers are discovering it for the first time. And that's largely thanks to this podcast as well. So well done, you. Well, thank you very Great. much. I, I do appreciate that. And so you saw, uh, did you see it throughout the whole uh, eight years as well? I think I think so. I dipped in and out, really. I think I saw most of it, but I, there's a couple that when I was watching it back, I don't remember so well. So yeah. maybe I hadn't seen them all. But yeah, I certainly stayed throughout, you know, to the end. So uh, yeah, good what, series to watch. And what's your favourite episode? I really love all the Christmas specials. I love all the song and dance numbers. Just reminds me of like Morecambe and Wise yeah. and those fantastic big musical numbers with Shirley Bassey and Angela Rippon. I love that kind of tongue in cheek cheesiness in the songs in 2.4 Children. I remember Men Behaving Badly doing something similar, didn't they, in about 97, I think, mm -hmm. for their Christmas special. They did a kind of cheesy song. Yeah. But I think one of my favourites is the 93 Christmas special, Babes in the Wood. Yeah. I love the scenes with Bill's mum and Art Pearl. And Liz, Liz Smith is just fantastic, isn't she, in yeah. whatever she's in. 
especially in the royal family but so this is the episode where they get lost isn't it on the way to the hotel it's christmas eve and they end up staying in a in an abandoned house and they all go missing one by one i think that ghost stories at christmas time works really well of course it's not um ghost it's uh, they're, they're all stuck on a live minefield and david manages to get them out with his remote controlled car and i love the 1950s surreal song at the end where they're hanging dogs on the christmas tree and yes. pulling out ice cakes from the oven it just it's just really really funny it just works really well it's imagination i love about the show it's just such got the most imaginative series considering it's so yeah. rooted in reality but can go it goes those places and I think that yeah. musical number, that, that I think it's my favourite, that musical number, I think is my favourite of the sets and the the, 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 yes. the, the, the performance. And probably is my yeah. favourite. I think Relaxo Boo is my favourite song, just because I think yeah. it's a great, I just think the lyrics are wonderful and are very yeah. potent to today. But the production yeah. of There's No Place Like Home for the Harleys is, is, is really clever, especially yes. as um, Bill and, and Rona look like you know, um, Lucy, Lucille Ball. Yes, of course. So what's your favourite series out of the eight? I think series three has some of the best episodes. I love Beam Me Up Scotty and When the Children Are Asleep. Yeah. I think the quality of the episodes remains strong throughout, but series three and four, I think by that series, Andrew had really found his niche yeah. and the scenarios are really strong and the writing is just so clever, isn't it? It works really well. So. And who yeah, is your favourite? Series three, I think. Series three. Who's your favourite character? Oh, I love Christine. Just the dry humour just really makes me laugh. Yeah. But I think my favourite is probably Bill. Some of her reactions and her sarcasm is just really funny. I think it's, she's such a rounded sort of real character, isn't she? I mean, she's a great actress, but she feels like a real person in this series. So yeah, Bill. I still think she's one of my favorite sitcom characters ever. Very underrated, Very underrated. though, isn't she? Yeah. Very much so. So having watched the series when it was first out and you're revisiting it now, do you think it's aged well? I'm not sure you get away with some of the jokes now uh, as a family sitcom, but I think it has, yeah. And thanks to Britbox and iPlayer, we're, we're really reliving it, aren't we? I think it reminds me a bit, I don't know whether you've seen a series called Round the Twist, Australian children's TV series, oh, shown in the that. UK in about 1990. Mm. I don't know that one. Like 2.4 Children was based, sort of family-based, clever plot, but really odd situations. And I think the weirdness of 2.4 Children is sometimes used to pep it up a bit or to subvert things but I think it's not I think it's it's families are weird sometimes aren't they and the domestic situation is still at the heart of the the sitcom really so um, they all sort of stay in character and the relationships are really strong yeah yeah, I think it's I think it's still strong today and so why do you think it's been forgotten about this is an interesting one I've been trying to think about this um it's interesting because it's not a sitcom I watched with my family is one of the ones I watched on my own I remember watching Only Fools and Horses, Britas Empire and later Men Behaving Badly with my dad but I think this one perhaps there was a perception that it was a bit middle of the road but it, of course it wasn't it wasn't at all and I think maybe because um, although the characters and the actors are really good there wasn't kind of a big name as such um, in this sitcom so maybe but yeah I think it's it's great that it's being rediscovered now though I think people are finally watching it and realizing what it was. And 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 I think yeah. people who there have been some people I've noticed who um watched it first time but didn't quite get the weird elements of it. So watching it again, yes. it, it they're seeing it in a different light, like I did. Yeah. So I think yeah. maybe now is the time because it's now available and it's just the way it is that now it's getting its renaissance. And so yeah. I'm, I'm pleased to well, thank you very much. Um you've passed your initiation. You're always going to. <laughs> 
This is the last episode of the series. And so here for one last time is Andrew Marshall with his memories. Hello again. Well, we finally made it to the very last episode. Of course, we didn't know it was going to be the last episode at the time, as we had no idea that Gary wasn't well. But every year for the past three years, we'd sort of thought, well, maybe the BBC will stop the series because uh, quite often what happens is the executives change over and they want a, a fresh slate of things, which is the bane of the actor's and writer's life, I'm afraid, and continues to this day. It's just one of those things that happens in our industry. And so you'll probably notice that the last episode, the last proper episode, uh, specials um, discounted of each of the past few series could have been the end of the series. But this one, as we decided there wouldn't be a Christmas episode on this occasion, but a Millennium episode as part of the six-show run, wasn't quite the sort of special it usually was at a special time of year, but we did try and round off some of the many strands to 2.4 children. For example, Rona is finally pregnant and is finally going to get her baby, so there is at least a happy ending for her. And I think for the family who spent the millennium all together, despite all the various millennial panics that run up to this story, and there, there was indeed a fair bit of panic. People were constantly being assaulted with stories in the press of this or that terrible thing was going to happen, which made a, a pretty good uh, basis for the story of this final episode. There isn't a final song, which is a little bit of a regret. You'll notice in the show that people keep talking about buying a widescreen television because the BBC had just gone over to the wider screen format at the time uh, that we used for the last series. And this was because at early stages of the show, we were planning to do a musical number to the tune of Cole Porter's stereophonic sound, about Nikam Dolby sound. But in the end, a lot of factors mitigated against it. We would have had to have found some sort of interesting location for it, as we had on previous occasions. We no longer had the money to build an interesting set. And I think there's a sort of slight feeling that maybe the musical numbers had had their day by this stage at the turn of the century, and maybe it was time to give them up. But nonetheless, I think it's a pretty good episode, and let's see what they make of the Millennium Experience. So I think it's very appropriate that of all the sitcoms to explore Y2K properly, because it was kind of a cultural thing. It's 2.4 children. Now, do you remember the millennium? Yeah, I do. Yeah, lots of references to the millennium, isn't there, in this one? And um, the eclipse as well. So interesting they included that. Yeah, I, um, I remember the millennium night quite well and the next morning. That, I have vivid memories of that, but I don't remember anything else. All I now think is 2.4 was finishing two nights earlier and I was too young to recognise it, even though I probably was watching it on UK Gold, but didn't know it was still doing new episodes. But it's one of those, I don't remember the hysteria around the Y2K myth as as it's turned out to be. Obviously, the the 2000s has brought a lot of stress. (laughs) Y2K seems like a, a sort of, fun um, conspiracy like X-Files that didn't come anywhere, go anywhere. What Do you think it was going to become the end of the world? Yeah, I was born 81, so I remember it really well. Um, 
yeah, the whole millennium bug thing and people saying that computers wouldn't work and, you know, the power stations would fail and society would stop working, really. So, yeah, I remember it really vividly. Um, yeah. And nothing came of it, did it? It was absolutely fine. Yeah. There no 22 years later. No, it's 22 years later. I think we've had, we've, we've suffered a lot in yeah. the last 22 years. Absolutely. Yeah, more recently. Yeah. So, for, and I think as well, because 2.4 is a series that explores more sort of supernatural, otherworldly ideas, but in a, but it's usually some kind of weird coincidence. Again, it feels appropriate that this show would do an episode on Y2K. I don't think any other series that really explored it in the same way would feel correct. I mean, this no. was first broadcast on December 30th, 1999, and it was on. So the latest episode 2.4 aired, it's on at 9.35, the only one post-Watershed. And it was on, I can't remember if it was before or after, the Dinner Ladies Manellium special. If anyone knows that show, it's Victoria was kind of calls it the Manellium because you can't say Millennium. <laughs> That's it a just, great episode as well. I it love is that one. That's a really well written episode, isn't it? How I mean yeah. that. I mean these are two of my favourite shows on one night, and both ending yeah. within. I mean, two people ends that night, and Dinelady's ended a few nights, a few weeks later. So it's it's um very sad to see two comedy greats disappear within yes. a few weeks of each other. But we go into it, and we're gonna have a, a very I think nostalgic look back on this episode. I think all the show is nostalgic, but this one in particular feels like it captures a, a moment in time or, or more a, a specific year. So we begin with, again, as with as is with every episode of Series 8, they have the opening credits, but there's some element that's added to, to um, identify which episode you're watching in terms of a, a graphic, an animated graphic. And in this case, it's fireworks above the house to exemplify yes. the new year. I do love a good 2.4 caption, caption to get us into the mood. So the first caption says, June. David is behind the wheel of a car that has an L plate on it, so he's obviously learning to drive. Bill and Rona appear with shopping bags. She knocks on the window and says, hello. David tells her to go away. And Rona says, you know, leave him alone. What would have happened if your mother tapped on the window at the last minute? And Bill replies, we wouldn't have had Jenny. That's what I love about 2.4 Children. They're really not afraid to be a little risque, are they? And I think no. it's for a family sitcom that works really well. And then a little later, Rona talks about buying some interesting condoms. So, yeah, I think it is one of those, isn't it, where they do push the boat, the boundaries a little bit in this, um, particularly in this episode, maybe. And previous ones, actually, they've always yeah. been a little bit risque, haven't they, in terms of some of their humour, a bit like Dinner Ladies, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I found it with the uh, Fame episode when um, Christine talked about the Rottweilers humping the the, the, the the sound system and said, you know, yes. the, 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 Bruno got off CD stuck in a very nasty place. Braille says, you know, yeah, we don't want to go into that. And she has neither did Bruno. You know, it's, it, it's, it's it, it, you, I'm sure when I was younger, these lines just went right over my head. And, and actually, always remember the, the parent trap, the one that I really sticks in my mind because of just how shocking they got they thought they really got away with that half eight was when bill is in the car and and they've got um is it um, french fancies eclairs above, yes. and yeah. some um men in a, a lorry take it off and the guy next to her basically does an impression of what he thinks is eating an eclair but it looks like something else that bill's very offended by <laughs> yeah. you know it, it, it I, I like the fact that it was because i think in some of the sitcoms the, the innuendos are more carry-on based they're they're quite mm. broad obviously about yes. something but this is talking about very specific elements of sex that yes. you have to be an adult to get it's very funny yeah 
yeah. I'm not sure you'd get away with it nowadays, would you? I think it's of very much of its time. Um, I agree. Yeah. I think Mrs. Brown's boys, because that was post-Watershed, they were mm. allowed, and anything that's post-Watershed, to be honest, is allowed to obviously pretty much do anything. I mean, Mrs. Brown's boys is, I, I sometimes find it surprising that it's BBC One, because some of the stuff yes. they come out with is quite... Because it's funny, I still, I'm still now, even though I'm kind of used to American TV and, and quite, well, TV that Mary Whitehouse, but Mary Whitehouse failed, didn't she? 20 years, you look like, I think, God, Game of Thrones and all that. But BBC One, if I ever hear swearing or sort of graphic violence or, or newsy, I'm still quite surprised. I think that's something I think yes. you see on two or three, to be honest. Yes, yeah. So Tony appears, and I see Tony again and asks Rona if she's managed to get any. And as, as you say, um, this is another quite grown-up conversation. She says she popped into the chemist while Bill was paying and she said, I've got some interesting ones. I love how Rona's not embarrassed by talking like this in front of Bill. I mean, I know that yes. she's her best friend, but I think it's the fact Tony's t- kind of British man. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, and then walks away. Yeah. So Bill asks what's happened with trying for a baby, which I think they've been doing for about five or six years. And Rona says, you know, big, well, we've, oh, we've gave, given up on that. So Tony's back on the, you know, I love the way she says he's, he's back on it rather than mm. he's back using them. On yes. it sounds a bit more like she's back on the pill, the pill. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that fair enough. Um, Rona then mentions that they, they don't have any loo rolls. Bill replies that you can't get them anywhere. And Rona thinks that it's probably a shortage. So they part ways to their respective houses. Bill goes into her house and finds piles and piles and piles of Andrex toilet roll packs across the sofa and chairs, li- literally mountains of them. Bill, it's funny, because she just comes in and there's this 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 um, mountain of packs of toilet roll, and she, her head just appears. You're used to seeing all of anyone who walks through the door, but it just goes to show how many there are. And Bill asks what's going on. And Beth says, I got some toilet paper. We need to stock up. There's a shortage. And, and it's all great bill. Of course, there's a shortage. They're all in our house. Ben and asked if she's seen the papers and it's front page story. And I like how Bill, whenever someone asks her a question, which is relating to something particular, she always incorporates her reaction into their question. Yes. Like she says, oh, yes, I did actually. Man in Chiswick's wife strangles him with Andrex. And it's similar to what I love about the show and, and the characters is they come out with certain phrases and things that not kind of catchphrases, but certain things they've said before that I think yeah. really um, is great for continuity with the characters. Cause that's how we are yeah. in real life. And I think previously Absolutely. she was talking about, um, there was an episode I think family plot when she makes um, chips and the kids want like curly ones rather than straight ones. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, um, I can't remember what, what the, it's, the full dialogue is but she says you know man in chiswick life dips her head in deep fat fryer chip curly chip scandal or something like that yes yeah she, she always makes it she's very dramatic it really cements the characters doesn't it when they kind of go back to previous conversations or references it's it's very clever writing it um, is and it's how we are that's what i love about it yeah absolutely we it's, use similar phrases don't we all the time and yeah. ways of talking so yeah it's it's very well observed isn't it Totally. And I think there's a couple more later on, which is nice. So Ben says, it's the millennium. Is that what? And I love how she goes, the millennium. There won't be any toilet rolls at all because of the computers, the millennium. And it was in the papers. And I, I like how it's like, oh, was it? And then um, he takes out a magazine and asks her how she feels about getting a widescreen TV. And, and that's something that comes up again. Bill yeah. tells him to take it all back. Ben's like, well, what? We'll need it. We'll need them on December 31st. 
And Bill's next reply is my favourite. She says, oh, what, were we going to grow 10 more bottoms on the stroke of me? <laughs> Just the most... That's wild. a gem of a line, isn't it? Perfectly delivered. It's such a perfect Linda Lang, you know, line. I love it. It's... Uh, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just it shows how sharp the series was. I mean, you know, we mm. don't even, you know, when they say about shows, when they go on, that you know, things dip in quality. I don't think it's sometimes not just with storylines, but dialogue and, and the writing just sometimes in other shows feels like just very tired. But yes. this, like, you know, this there's no other time that line could have been said previously in the show. And so right. it's so great that we got to see it, just that it went on as long as it, so we could see something as brilliant as that. Bill tells him to take it all back. Um, there's about three van loads and she says she takes one and, and one pack and she see them through the next week. She then grabs the remaining shopping bags and says, right, I'm going through to the kitchen and when I come back, I don't want to see any more of these. Is that clear? And then she's very dictatorial. Declan then appears and says the shed is empty and Ben throws him a pack of toilet roll and says, quick, run, run. So you know it's going to be, um, they're not, they're, that's not going to go back. Again, I've said this before in a previous episode of this series about um, Sticky Fingers with the use of masks and people saying about losing sense of smell. There's a few things in the series that without knowing, it's not prophetic to COVID, but again, isn't it interesting about humanity that the first thing they think of when there's some kind of emergency is toilet rolls. They just stop yeah, on toilet rolls. It's what people do, isn't it? And very reminiscent of that first lockdown. It, yes, exactly. It, just, it was so true. Yeah. You just went to Tesco and Aldi and it was just like, none anywhere. There really was a shortage. And actually... It's one of those things where it seems to be a trope in a lot of film and TV when there's ever a disaster mm. Um, mm. from the 90s. Um, did you watch The Simpsons? Yes. Do you remember yeah. the hur hurricane episode? Yes. And a poo, yeah. has, a poo kind of ba ba barricades the, the quickie mart and has like um, fire, tin fires and says, you know, not letting yeah. anyone in and they all go mad. And it, did you watch The X-Files as well? Yes. Do yeah. you remember the episode with the cockroach scare? Oh, yes. And Scully goes into the... Um, supermarket and there's uh, two women fighting over the last bottle of um of like disinfectant spray and then yes. someone knocks a chocolate like Maltesers type chocolates of sport and they think it's cockroaches just shows hysteria in humanity when there's an emergency and with there's no keep calm and carry on attitude it's like no. you know it's panic and it's selfish panic as well yes yes so that ends the first scene there's a caption to notify it's july David enters and says he failed the driving test. So, of course, that moves on from what we've seen previously. Bill hugs him and says, you know, never mind. So did your dad the first time. Then Ben and Declan enter carrying toilet paper packs. And I just would love, it's always best when you don't see certain things happen. But I'd have loved to have seen Bill find those in the shed and absolutely lose a rag with them. <laughs> yeah. She asked if that's the last of those. And she said, I don't want them turning up anywhere else. And that's a funny joke for later because they actually do turn up at elsewhere later on Declan then asks David failed and then, and he says so did I the first time now again I talk about Mandela effect and, and you know it's about like misheard lyrics mm. for many years I thought he said so did dad the first time but watching it on BBC I play with the subtitles it says so did I the first time that's right yeah it's quite funny because he probably he probably was getting well I'd say underground driving lessons I don't don't highly doubt it was <laughs> proper no. light um fully qualified driving instructor so bill asked david if he parked it outside david explained there's a big crane in the way which is good to explain what's coming next jenny enters um and says she wants to talk about the millennium bill immediately asks oh are you gonna bring keith here and jenny's like uh what do you mean and bill replies well we'll all want to be on, all together on a, such a special occasion won't we jenny then goes on to say that she wants to see some friends 
builds up its hole. But it'll probably be the last time we all be together for ages. And um, then, well, Jenny says that they're friends from college, but just as they're having this conversation through the back window, we start to see something go down and cover the whole back window. It's like something big. And yeah. I love how it, it, you hear it scrape and get hit against the wall. I'm thinking if that was, I know it's garden sort of patio doors and they're obviously a bit more secure than normal glass windows, but I'm sure that would leave a massive scratch and Bill would, would not be happy about that. So suddenly um, so you get, uh, the giant, it's what they find, it's like um, a, t- a tank that scrapes the garden door. And I love how Ben is using this kind of magazine of widescreen TV to get Bill to um, to do it, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, and that's very office time, isn't it? Widescreen TV, that was very late 90s. Um, I remember that being a big thing. Yeah. T- desirable thing in the family, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It was one of those... Um, again we going back to what i said in the the fame episode at this point tv was not just changing in terms of the content but also Mm. sorry i hate using that word you can tell i'm from the netflix generation just in terms of the the type of stuff they were putting on but also you know the the the, the aspect ratio was changing because it was digital and so things and dvds would have been coming in at this stage so you know it was quite a big um big change for the world so he's but again he's trying to distract Bill from the stuff, trying to thinking he's going to sell a widescreen TV, but she's not interested in all that stuff. He's like, never mind about that. I was wondering if you thought about getting the widescreen telly for the millennium. And Bill's like, just like, what the hell is that thing? He says, oh, it's just a tank because the picture quality. Bill's like, just a tank. What's it doing on our patio? And then Ben says, well, the bloke with the crane is doing us a favour. They'll need, we'll need it for the drought. I like how Jenny goes, oh god, because she knows instantly, it's all this millennial panic. And then Bayon says, well, haven't you seen the papers? On the millennium, nobody's going to get any water. All the pipes are on dry because of the computers. Bill continues going, how could they? They're pipes. Computers have nothing to do with them. Ben says, well, that's what I thought. But apparently computers turn the water on and off. But it's like, well, no, they don't. Taps do that. And I always love these moments that Andrew writes where it's like a tennis match between the two of them. Who mm-hmm. They're trying to win the conversation. Ben losing, Bill yeah. winning, and then he lo- but then he wins by finding a way around it. In some way, he does find a way to sort of win the argument. Yes. But I think she just appeases yes. him sometimes. So Bill's like, well, no, they don't do that. Taps do that. Yeah, and then Ben goes, yes, but who turns on the taps? Bill says, men, which again later is important for that. And Ben says, and how do the men get to work to turn on the taps? And Bill says, I don't know, in cars, on the bus. Ben says, exactly. All the traffic lights will have gone down because of the computers. So they'll be stuck in traffic. And that's quite foreshadowing what's going to happen on the actual millennium night so mm-hmm. declan enters and says he says can we annex the chains and then bill says tell him to take it all back immediately and ben's like and what and then she says right now and then the last shot before he t- he moves away you see her eyes just go you know wide eyes like she just puts the fear of god into him with the evil glare she's very good at the type of mother glare but she has to give it to ben because he's like a child ben then goes outside and shouts sorry mate Wife's changed her mind. So um, I like the bit of the way Bill looks so shocked because um, she's obviously been uh, stooped into the, into it all. He, he's used her suggestion that, well, the, he, they, he said that she wanted to do it and then it's not the case. So it's very yeah. cheeky, Ben. So Jenny then continues saying, you know, well, Keith promised we'd be there. And she's oh, you're not really going to insist I come home here instead, do you? And Bill goes, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I'm just leaving it up to your conscience. I love how Jenny says, oh, great, because she just knows Bill's just put in the mother guilt in her. Mm. 
So caption August. And this is a scene that I, even I remember this day. And you mentioned it before. It is the 11th of August, the solar eclipse of 1999. So in the garden, Bill and... I have to say the garden scene is clearly the studio, but they do make it look really <laughs> good, to be fair, with the lighting yeah, and stuff. And Bill and Declan are wearing... Um, I think they're called... Um, they're like the solar sunglasses because I yeah. recently went on to the YouTube to look at BBC News archive from that day and they show pictures across the country of people looking up at the eclipse and the, 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 the sort of yellow glasses is what people yeah. it's the same ones that Bill and, and Declan are wearing so obviously it comes from the time yeah. and everything do you and do you remember this the solar eclipse did you watch it from yeah I do, I do. and from? it's good because it's a bit of a comedy time capsule then this isn't it it's a bit of a reminder like you've got the millennium bug in there and the total eclipse it's it's nice and it's a bit of a reminder for people really and like you said the dinner ladies episode is, is equally as good i think yeah. i think they're the two sort of really good millennium specials yeah i, don't I think any others but, no yeah. i don't i think it's one of those where actually no i remember the friends episode when monica and Chandler do the, the routine oh yes that, that i remember yeah. i think that i don't know if that's necessarily because it's late to millennium night i think it's one of those where See, it was one night and one night in history and everyone tried to find something to say and do and only a few yeah. shows could really do it correctly so i think it's appropriate to before did the that went from it from the from the, from the full y2k perspective just remembered yeah. in the notes here it was specialized solar glasses that the that they're wearing did you wear mm. those when you were looking yes at the i remember wearing those yeah yeah amazing and so I, I think i've got a picture with my brother in our back garden when i was having four when it happened and oh, wow. it was and with the, the eclipse in the background I must I must dig it out somewhere and try and put it on the social media and compare it to what um, Bill and Declan are, are watching so Bill suggests they go back and see what's happening on the telly and Declan says you know Patrick Moore looking miserable I should think so Patrick Moore was um like I, I didn't know this about him but he was um he's described as an amateur astronomist but he was on telly forever oh. yeah he literally he was on telly all my life for it until he died yeah. about 10 years ago so they go back inside and ben pushes up a giant sort of a very giant yellow kit it's not a box but it looks like some kind of machine thing and it's mm. you don't know what it is straight away and just a quick observation when bill asks what's going on on by by her is their stereo of their like stand and i always love yeah. to try and look for the videos to the titles when they're piles of videos and they've got a cracker video oh really train icv detective wow. drama which i've Never properly seen, but I know I should. I will watch it fully one yeah, day. It's very good. Very good. I'll take it. I know I like Prime Suspects, so I, I think I know I'd like um, Cracker. Mm -hmm. So there's also canisters at the bottom of the stairs. And then Bill instantly says, that's an electrical generator. What is it? I like how Ben just tries to play dumb all the time. He, I think he knows sometimes he has to play dumb, even though he is dumb. And then he takes out yeah. a magazine and goes, I was just wondering, and Bill goes, I am not interested in widescreen TVs. You've been waiting to sneak these in during the eclipse of the sun, haven't you? Just another millennium panic. And, and then she says, did it say the gas and electricity were off in today's papers? And then Rona um, rings the doorbell and in panic enters asking Bill to drive her into town. It's an emergency. You know, Bill asks Baron to take it back and then asks Rona, okay, where are we going? And says, the chemist, there's going to be a shortage of condoms. And, and <laughs> I like how Bill, it, it plays, Belinda plays this well and then she's, when she asks where are we going, she's quickly grabbing her bag and she, you can see she's really taking it seriously that there's an emergency. And then when Rona explains what it actually is, she has a great way. She just like throws the bag <laughs> down 
puts the keys back on the table, like really slams it down and then just looks at her with a real sense of what are you on about? And I think what's also funny is I don't know if that was a genuine thing, but Andrew's a great way of almost satirizing certain tropes. So the millennium panic, it's obviously, you know, gas, compute electricity, computers all going down, shortage of condoms. It's just a bit out there. I can't actually, I don't know. I've not, I don't know if the, that was a thing or yeah. if that was, or what Bona was saying next is suggested, but it's just very funny because again, it's he's, just, he's just great at sort of threading these references to previous scenes and conversations, isn't he? It's, oh, it uh, does. It, it's, 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 for me, it's what makes a good sitcom writer. Um, mm. Whereas I don't think in, in modern sitcoms, there, there is, uh, there is good at that. They, they seem to just, I seem today, I feel like they don't want to write jokes. They just want to write, Rye yeah. comedy. So Bill asks, you know, how can this millennium course is a shortage of condoms? And Ben says, isn't it obvious? And then Bill goes, get rid of that thing. No, it isn't. And then Ronan says, well, obviously, everyone's gas and electricity is going to go off. And, and I like how um, Ben's like, you see, he's trying to make it. Because what I love about Ronan's character is after a while, Ben's usually the one to bring up something. And then Rona mm-hmm. believes it. And then she's a very bad influence because she tr- she basically tries to influence it going forward. Yeah. So, but when it's well, obviously everyone's an, an, a gas and electricity is going to go off. So, the, what if there'll be no heating? So every condom in England will be used that evening. It'll be months before there's any more. And Jack's like, well, can't they just wash them? <laughs> Again, really near the knuckle, isn't it? Oh, I don't think so you'd get good. away with that now, would you? I don't think you'd. But maybe not yeah. a kid saying it. I don't know because everyone's. I mean, today everyone's very sensitive. I think it's very funny. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I'd like to see more that kind of humor. Yeah, I love Bill. I try. I always love when someone says something really, really funny in a in a sitcom or any TV thing. I love to pause and see other people's reaction to see if anyone's trying to, to restrain, refrain from just corpsing or just just bursting yeah. out laughing. Now, although Bill and Rona, their heads turn to look at Declan. Rona's, you can see from the side, Rona's jaw just drops to the ground. And and Bill's like, no, you know, she's just um, she's probably saying, you know, don't do that. Just don't do that. And so Ben's like, no, there'll be no water. Bill's like, yes, there will. So David enters and rips up the L plates. And so he's passed his driving test. Um, he says he wants to try a heavy goods license, drive like a juggernaut. And and even at this point, Rony goes, hurry, Bill, this is serious. I need at least a month's supply. Of course, Rona needs a month's supply. Then Bill says, David, well, if you get one, Rona's got your first payload for you. <laughs> Fabulous. And when David and Bill hug, you can see how much taller he is than her, which really shows how much he's grown since the first series, doesn't it? Oh, he's, it he's really 22 is. by this stage. Something, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Claire's about 23, yeah. which is which is such a fantastic idea about bringing Declan in because it's it it's appeals to that younger generation then, doesn't it, in terms yeah. of... Um, his character because obviously they're sort of early twenties by this stage. Definitely. They, they, I think, I think they, I think I've said before, they, they, the, 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 the kids character ages, Jenny and Dave's ages mm. was probably frozen for a couple of series yes. more than it maybe should yeah. have, but it obviously great stories that came with it. And yeah. so now they are yeah. growing up, as you say, it was either end the show or do something new. Yeah. And so the next scene is captioned October. So we see on a sheet um, in red ink is Welcome Declan hanging from the stairs. So I assumed at this point Ben will have taken them, taken him back from the care place he was staying in. And then he comes into that. And Jenny, Bill and David stood in front of the of Ben and Declan. And Bill says, well, we just thought since you won't be going back again, we'd like to say welcome. And well, 
we're really pleased you joined the family. Dave says, welcome, Deck, and Jenny says, we've been really looking forward to it. Which I think it's nice that the kids are so on board with it as well. Yes. Bill says, well, aren't you going to say anything? Declan fires, well, it's very nice, but it's only until New Year, isn't it? And Ben says, no, it's permanent. You'll be living here from now on. Dave says, oh, no, I meant that's when we're all going to die. And then like, <laughs> I beg us, oh, what? And Ben has, sort of has that moment of just, it's taken about five seconds to register what someone says. Yeah. And he says some, and Declan goes on saying, "Well, some old ge- French geezer said so. It was in the paper, and he, he ripped it out from the paper and read it. Goes in the year nineteen hundred ninety-nine, eleven months and thirty-one days. There will be a, and he can't quite say it. Cat, cat, and then Ben helps a cataclysm, kind of building up the attention of what are they going to say, and then and then continues going. That engulfs all of mankind in a terrible fire of doom. And I like how <laughs> Bill and Declan say it together and Declan and Bill, Ben, sorry, Ben and Declan say it together. And Ben's enthusiasm as it goes on says, Mankind in a terrible fireball of doom. And then Bill says, Will you stop that? And Ben is using the excuse that he was only trying to help him pronounce everything, you know, as a reason, not because of what's happening. And Bill's really reached a tether at this point with everything. She goes, she just grabs it and says, this is going to be a very special moment. Even that's been ruined by these stupid millennium panics. It's all complete rubbish. Now, I don't want to hear any more of these hideous scare stories. And then the camera goes in on her face and goes, once and for all, nothing terrible is going to happen on December the 31st. We're going to have a lovely time. And uh, she, everyone looks a little bit tense because she's just really had enough. And I love the way captions are used in 2.4. They're not, I, I like they're not used in every episode. They're just used occasionally but it builds yeah. up the humour. So we then go to, a, and, and all the captions in this episode as well are by a black behind a black screen, in front of a black a black, black screen. And the caption comes up and she sa- it says, that's what she thinks, <laughs> December the 31st. So Ben, David and Zeckler are setting up the widescreen TV. So Ben got, Ben got his way in the end. At the dining room table, Bill's cutting up some paper. I think it's, I'm assuming it's like flag or something she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Rona's wearing a 2000 sort of celebration hat. Similar to ones I remember, actually. Yeah. I do remember yeah. some of those. Um, and Jenny, look, I love how the three women are on the table just watching the, the men do typical man things in inverted commas. And yes. Jenny's like, yeah. is there anything with a the plug they wouldn't like? You can tell she's growing up now that she's seeing the men as a grown-up mm. lady mm. and sort of saying that they're obsessed with, you know, doing kind of... Um, practical things yes i like how bill says well declan's not too keen on the bath and declan turns and saying well too much water is unhygienic <sighs> so bill says it's only 45 minutes um so it's about a quarter past 11 rona asks if they show walt disney world on the telly will they see Be- um better and auntie pearl and bill says mm-hmm. no they usually like to keep the scary characters out of publicity shots and i think it's i i just have this vision of bet and aunt pearl having an absolute whale of a time at Disneyland, yeah. Disney World. I think it's nice that they reference those. I know this wasn't planned to be the last episode, but obviously it was. So it's yeah. nice there's a little reference to them. Yeah, and it's nice that they they're, they're having a good time as well. It's nice that they're yeah. good friends. I mean, Bill goes on saying, um, you know, she mum brought. Uh, well, Rona says it was nice. It was sweet of her to invite Auntie, and Bill says, yeah, she bought it up in 1978 when Dad was still alive from their premium Bond winnings. So I'm assuming yeah. they bought she bought it in advance with with um Jim Bill San obviously yeah. he died in the 88. So then Pearl went with her, which I think is a really nice thing. Mm-hmm. 
Jenny says, oh, wonderful. I could have gone. Gran could have stayed here with you. And so I think Jenny's probably just not happy that she's there and not with, with Keith and she's all being, she gets, she was guilt, she, she was guilt tripped into staying. So Bill says, no, thank you very much. It's all worked out just fine. Doorbell rings and as Bill walks <laughs> towards it says, at least I can spend the whole evening trying not to commit murder. Bill opens the door to Auntie Tina, who comes in and goes, yeah. hello. And <laughs> instantly, we've not seen Auntie Tina since um, two years before the mass. It'll be three years since we last saw her. So that's a nice surprise. Yeah. And Rona turns to Jenny and says, hide the scissors. And Tina says, oh, hello, Rona, not in bed yet. And then Rona goes, oh, on second thoughts, give them to me. And then Tina says, is there anything stopping me from coming in? And Bill says, I doubt it. Day, Tina goes over to David. Hello, David. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue. And as Bill sort of looks at her, she goes, you tell us. And then Tina turns to Declan and says, oh, and you must be dear little Declan. And I like how Declan just says, blimey, what's she on? <laughs> now, I find Tina's character slightly sort of cartoonish, but I think it needs to be that sort of over-the-top character to find her really irritating. But I think we've all got someone in our family like Tina, you know, You'd love to pretend not to be at home when they visit or you try to avoid them if you see them in a supermarket. I think it's just really well observed, isn't it? It is. Like I said, it's just a really, really rounded character. Definitely. Because I think it, it, the thing I like about her in the past is that she is, she she does, I mean, she says before, you know, I know everyone sees me as Tina with a funny voice. And she also kind of knows how they do try and avoid her. Like in the last episode, two years before the mass, she has to go around the back garden to get in. And she just says, the last few times I came, I was at the front door. I rang and rang and rang and nobody answered, no matter how loud I shouted, which is just very yeah, funny. She's quite she vulnerable, knew. really, isn't she? And in some ways she's quite vulnerable. I mean, I love yeah, that. she is irritating, but yeah, there's a bit of vulnerability then, that awkwardness. And that's what makes it funny, doesn't it? Because comedy is about that conflict and that awkwardness and the, yeah. you know situations it wouldn't be funny if they didn't, didn't have a, those characters and sad as well i always i always say that women on the verge of nurse breakdown from series three when mm. she thinks that she, her husband's cheating on her and talks to bill so well it was beautiful because you see bill trying to comfort someone who she finds annoying but someone who normally yeah. got everything nice house the sort of perfect family actually it's crumbling away and it's very sad and yet she's still tactless and and you know yes. any other sitcom I always, I always say this about Tina any other sitcom would have just made her one-dimensional she'd be the same in every episode but every episode she's in she brings something new to it and mm-hmm. it gives Sandra Dickinson you know a lot of great material to play with and and not yeah. just coming in with the voice making that making yes. comments yeah and so t- I love when Declan says blimey what's she on again going back to what I said before about observing everyone else David and and, <laughs> and well John turns to Ben slash Gary smiling and probably trying not to laugh because of this really funny thing he says Tina then now takes out a lollipop says now any idea what I ought to do with this lolly and just says I think we all have <laughs> Tina hands it to Declan and says I just like to see their little faces light up and then Tina says well I better take off my coat hadn't I and I love how Bill asks Ben over because she's just not happy she's Ben Ben's about to ring the number for getting the telly fully set up. Tina grabs it off him and says, I won't be a minute. She's just so rude. She just, just takes it off him with her, whatever it needs. <sighs> Bill then gives him sort of very annoyed facial expressions to make him come over and see her. And she whispers over to him and says, did you invite her? Ben says, not exactly. Shane's with his father and I have something to tell her, but I don't want to shock her. And I think that's quite nice, though, because 
her son's obviously with his dad for the not just any new year but the millennium so she probably would be on her mm. own so it, it's probably whether they like it or not good that she's there he's like oh thank you very much and ben says oh, it's all right she won't do anything to upset us of course and then tina's on the phone going hello this is 142 Chepstow Road, Chiswick. There's a terrible smell of gas in the street outside. Yes, it is an emergency. Oh, do you? Yes, if you would. It's rather strong. Right. Goodbye. And so she turns off the phone. It doesn't explain, hasn't explained anything to anyone. She goes, there we are then. I'll have a sherry if anyone's asking. Uh, so and of course, Tina's yeah. phone call then triggers all of the events that follow. So I think it's yeah. just great. But it's, it's so her, isn't it? it's her causing it, but it's also the fact yeah. that she hasn't explained to anyone this has happened. No, she's just done it. She's just done she's it. Made the call, yeah. and then just wants any they want to 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 uh, wait on a hand and foot with this sherry. Yeah, and um, I love how David nods his head to Jenny, and she just gives him an evil glare to go and get the drink. Ben comes back in. For, he's gone outside to the street. Comes back and says, "I can't smell anything." Tina's called the men again. You know, and Bill references well men do all the computers and everything so the, the men are here well they're going to they're working two streets away and they'll be here any minute and she goes isn't that lucky and then tina looks at the telly and goes oh is this your new television and then ben's like yeah do you like it she goes no i think why things are so vulgar and i love how rona is at the tail cutting up paper and says to herself i rather like them <laughs> typical rona response yeah. isn't it i love always find some kind of innuendo in everything. Yeah. Jenny hands Tina a sherry, um, who then sits down on the sofa. And I love how Bill sort of sarcastically says, sit down, make yourself comfortable. And thanks, Tina thanks Bill and looks at a sherry and says, I'm sure it doesn't taste cheap. <laughs> so rude. And and I have um, Bill's shocked. Ben just looks all com- uncomfortable. Yeah. And Tina... Tina's one of those, I think, as you say, we all have someone, we all know someone like that who, yes. I think it could be a family member, but it could also sometimes be someone like a family friend or a neighbour who's yes. quite close to a family with with a small child and thinks they can say things because they're grown-ups. Like how, yes. I love how Tina says, Declan, would you like me to brush your hair? And Declan finds, no, but I'll brush yours if you throw it over. <laughs> Thinking Fantastic. it's a wig. It's such a fun. I can. I'd love to. I, again, what I love about two point four, the, the 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 dialogue is so vivid. It's, mm. it's so poetic. Almost poetic. Some of it. It's so wonderfully written that I just visualize it. So I can just visualize yeah. they're taking off a wig, throwing it over to Declan, yeah. and then he's just brushing it. <laughs> a wig. <laughs> Very yeah. funny stuff. So orange light flashes through the wind, the house window and curtains. So the men have arrived. We hear, start to hear drilling sounds. So Tina asks, so, so what are we going to do for the millennium? Have a little sing song, play some games. Bill says that Ben's getting the digital TV switched on and they'll watch celebrations on the telly, have a few drinks and a laugh. Um, Tony enters the house and asks if he's on time. Ben's been on the phone to activate the card and says it'll be on in 10 seconds. So they all huddle around the sofa and Ben goes, four, three, two, one. And there's a flash of light Bit of a, a bit of crackling noise and the whole room turns black. We then go back to the black screen with a caption reading out 30 minutes to midnight, half 11. And everyone is now in a coat or wrapped in a, in a blanket or even um, a quilt. And yeah. Tina says, it's a very nice looking set, almost a piece of furniture. And how the Bill says, it is now. 
Tina says, continue saying, well, I did smell something. It's better to be safe than sorry. If the gas had gone off, so would the central heating. And Ronan replies, it has gone off. And Tina says, that's because they've stupidly had to turn off the electricity cable. They haven't had to turn off the gas. And then Ben is saying, they've had to turn off the gas. Uh, and they've had to get to try and get through to the electric cables. Rona asks what's happened to Tony. He enters from the garden and says he's found the coal. And Tina says, mm. oh, soon it will be warm and toasty. And then he go, he hands out his hand and says, I think it's damp anyway. <laughs> they all groan. Jenny says, oh, great. Keith's raving it up and we have to sit here in the coal in the dark like frozen chickens. And I mean like how the, the use of the word phrase frozen chickens triggers Rona's mm. brain. panic. Says, oh, my God, what about the freezer? Bill says, oh, it'll be all right. We don't open the door. It'll last for days. And David, sarcastic, taking it after his mum in the sarcastic department, says, shame, I fancied an ice cream. <laughs> in fact, you know what? I, 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 mean, I don't know why it gave me a, a throwback moment to family plot when it's caught, mm. when they've had the, 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 the blackout because of the fuse wire. And yes. um, they, they, they say how it's going to be very low temperatures and then they hear an ice cream van outside. I just felt that was really a funny thing yeah, to remind. Yeah. But also, when I think of the freezer now, I instantly think of when um, Jenny opens the fridge and the water splashes out. Comes out, yeah, that's funny as well. It's just typical two point four children seeing this, isn't it? Everyone sort of crammed in a small space, and the situation just makes it funny, doesn't it? Really, in terms of their reactions and how they they sort of interplay with each other. The dialogue really well. is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely right. Mm. And the dialogue, the, the just the the way. What I love is the kind of conversations they have. It's not mm. the kind of conversations you get in a typical sitcom, which I like. It's it's thing because sitcoms always just try and I think stick to the same sort of subject conversation topics. And yeah. Andrew's great at taking the situation they're in and trying to find every kind of conversation, but incorporate it within the dialogue and the idiolect of the characters that we've got yes. to know. Um, yeah. We'll get to that a bit later. I'll, I'll mention which point that is. So Bill asked if they said how long it's going to take. Ben said they're on Christmas Millennium quadruple time. And, and Tina's, uh, Tina's always one of those people who tries to um, try and take charge and, uh, and suggest yeah. the wrong thing. She's like, well, well, let's all huggle, huddle together. And they all just stare at her like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they says, we've got to do something unless you've got a generator. And, and it's funny because that's another sort of moment that's come back from the previous scenes. Mm. And Ben turns his head and looks at Bill. Bill's like, don't blame me. I didn't call them out to cut through the wire. And, and poor Tina, I think she is starting to feel guilty because they're all having sort of minor digs at her. She's like, neither did I. And Ben says, oh, don't fuss, sis. And she's like, no, you're right. Why don't we all have a nice cup of tea? And I like Rona's quite brutal response. She's like, because the uh, because the electricity and gas has been cut off by a stupid cow. And now <laughs> Tina's really upset, going, I'm sorry. Tony then suggests bottles of barbecue fuel that they've got. And Ben goes, oh, that's a great idea. We can soak it in loads and loads of newspapers. And Bill's like, no, we've had the house burned down once before. Thank you. And then Dave says, please, we'd be warmer. Of course, <laughs> referencing frenzy and you only live twice. Yeah. And uh, not the yeah. first time this episode of reminisces mm. and Declan says I don't know what you're all fussing about at least you've got a roof over your head Declan Bill replies Declan's right people are surviving worse than things than this every day on the street and it reminds me again you know we've seen this sort of kind of huddle sort of thing before in terms of mm. 
in in Florida in the hurricane. Yeah, Babes in the Woods actually reminds me most of this because of Bill's monologue about you know having been stuck in the cottage and yeah. you know there are people who just lose their homes. It's quite an emotional thing she says. But yeah. what's interesting is now this is happening again, but in their own home, which mm. is quite funny. So and, and Decker's well, they don't complain. David asks, "What's what do they do?" And David replies, "Drink meths mainly." <laughs> <laughs> and it's that sort of change, isn't it, from the dark to dark to light? And it, I love that the way he does that kind of very serious to comedy. It's a great writing again. I think for me, um, I don't know about you, but one of my I know in this day and age, kind of traditional comedy is not as big a thing now. It's more wry humour, but also there's the genre known as sad coms, which yes. I've always thought 2.4 could be an early early example of, of not, I mean, wasn't written as a sad com, but what you could say, there are moments of sort of melancholy. But the yes. difference, I think, between that and other sort of the modern sad coms is that they just go very depressing and they're not mm. funny. No, no. Oh, they don't go for the the thing actually that it's intercut by humor immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think sometimes with comedies now, they 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 elongate the elongate the right word, but they lengthen the the, the scenes of the tragedy and the pathos. And you're so depressed. And you don't feel it's actually made you don't feel like you've taken it on and and invested. Whereas in this, I think because it's like a you know, going for one minute to comedy straight and take us back to comedy and then back and forth you, you feel yeah. it, it, i think it has more impact I think. yeah the best have the, that balance don't they things like steptoe and son is some yes. fantastic writing oh it really is or like the mm. scene in um, only fallen horses you know when yes. in the elevator and yeah. rodney's have really not coping with the miscarriage and then you yeah. learn that De- that del boy made that happen St- stop yeah. that because he needed him to stop it it's and but but then yeah. rodney's annoyed but then he's actually glad he did it wonderful i i, I, I just I, what, yeah i wish it was it's like what it people do in sad situations isn't it and people add humor in sad situations naturally just to try and lighten the mood and it's what we do as human nature trying to sort of support each other and humor oh. works really well sometimes it just takes takes it away i'm so going to shout out to sado podcast they yeah. did the Dear John podcast. Um, I don't know okay. if you listened to their Belinda Lang interview recently. Yes, yeah. And she was, and it was yeah. very moving. The things she talked about with comedy and 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 having, to, you know, you, we need it to go on and stuff. And I just thought, yeah, you know, she, she's you know, like her outlook on comedy, and and that's what I'd like to mm. see more of now. Um, I know Afterlife has done that, but I haven't yet watched yeah. Afterlife. But I will, I will do. Rona says the two, there's two barbecue bottles to go now. And Tina starts crying and says, I said I was sorry. What more do you want? And Ben says, oh, shut up, sis. And then Bill goes, oh, now stop it, all of you. People all over the world are going to be celebrating the millennium in 25 minutes, and I don't want everyone in this house to spend it bickering. And I like how Bill sort of brings it back to a bit of mm-hmm. humanity. Now, we're going into a conversation now, which it sort of goes back to my point earlier about the way that the conversation topics in 2.4 don't feel like every other sitcom and the way Andrew sort of brings out really interesting ideas. Yeah. So this this next sort of couple of minutes is basically the, them all debating about who's had the millennium first based upon the time difference. <laughs> and it just, in any other 
another writer would just never would would not. They would either make it shut. They'd do it quickly. It'd be a one-off yeah. gag, or it would yeah. be so beyond its welcome point, mm. outstaying its welcome, and yeah. it just works here. This is just right, isn't it? It works really well in because terms ben of that sort of like Yeah, yeah, because Ben's that kind of person. Oh. This meeting is being recorded. So Ben says, um, actually, not all over the world. In some parts of the world, the millennium's over now. They've all gone home. And Tina says, no, we have it first. And Mona asks why. And, they, and Tina says, because we're British. <laughs> and like, <laughs> Tina definitely has a, the kind of British sort of, um, you know, patriotic side to her. I get that. Yes. Her. And then she says, we have Greenwich Meridian, Meridian at nought degrees, don't we? So everyone else must come after us. Ben says it's Russia. It's Russia. They've in Russia, they've already had it. Declan says only because Yeltsin can't wait for a drink. Right. And that's... Um, Great reference of the time. <laughs> Boris Yeltsin, Russian president, apparently yeah. a very notorious alcoholic. Yes. Um, David says they did it in geography. They had it, they had yeah. it hours ago. And then this debate just goes on where they ask if that makes them older or younger. Um, so Bill says, you know, we're all the same age. And then it's like, well, how can they be when their year starts before ours? They're younger. If two, and so they go continue going on saying, you know, if two babies were born at our midnight, one in Russia and one here, the one born in Russia would be born last year. So it'd be older. <laughs> and, and then Ronan's like, well, well, ours would be born last year. They, they'd be younger. Bill asks, how can they be younger as they're born at the same time? Tony clarifies that Russia is ahead of them. Bill says it doesn't make a difference. But Ben, again, he's like a real child in all these situations. Like, but it does, because in an extreme case, one baby born at the exact same moment, but 360 degrees around the world, it's like, would be here. And Ben replies, yes, but a year ago. And it's like, that's stupid. Ben said, don't blame me. I didn't work it out like that. I'd have done it differently. I'd have had everyone on British time. And I think it's similar to the greed conversation with the lottery about how he yes. would do things. Yeah. Jenny says, well, you can't do that. As in Australia, it'd be midnight now and still light. Ben says, it's June in Australia because their summer is our winter. And Jenny says, yeah, they still wouldn't have it at midnight, though. Ben says, well, I wouldn't put it past them. They've already mucked up our cricket and everyone groans there. Now, did you get that reference with cricket? No, I didn't. I'm not a cricket follower, but I asked my dad because he's followed it for years. Apparently, for many, many years, against Britain, against Australia, we, we were the best at cricket for like 150 right. odd years. And then around this time, they just suddenly won. And then I think they've won ever since. So the tides have turned a little bit. So a reference of the time, I guess. Yeah, it's such, such a clever scene, isn't it? That one in terms of the, the writing, that sort of tennis writing. It works really well in terms it, of backwards and forwards. It, and it must have argument. been quite hard to learn. Mm, yeah. Because you've got like quite, it's very fast paced and sharp. And Yeah, especially if it's studio based, it would have yeah taken an interest in see how they did it. So Ben said, well, I wouldn't put it past me. I would the rest of our critics. And then Dave's like, not the cricket. So they've they've probably heard this ongoing thing with Ben all the time. And so yeah, so uh, my dad says that Australia won the Ashes. They were great at cricket. We were great at cricket until they did. And then Ben just keeps going. So yeah, stupid coloured pajamas. And as for the West Indies, well, I'm assuming he's referring to their the um, the pajamas, what they wear, their gear, yeah. sport gear. Yeah. And I like how Tina says, "Will you stop? I'm getting travel sick. I'm going to throw up." Uh, <laughs> Tina asks for a glass of water. Tina's put her head between her knees. 
So she does, and he just does that and, and grows. She goes, Ugh. Bill goes, hang on. And she's like, no, it's not that. I never did care for that rug. So she's never <laughs> stopping the tapless comment. No. Yeah. Tina says, I'm sorry. I thought we'd have a nice time together. Because of me, it's going to be miserable. Ben's like, no, it isn't. But Bill, who, bear in mind, she's the one who's tried to try and bring a bit of humanity back. She says, yes, it is. And Tina says, we can't even watch the stuff on your new telly. So Tony suggests the radio because it runs off batteries. So David gets in, turns it on. And the song that's playing on there is uh, the lyric. And the operator said 40 cents more, which is Sylvia's Mother by Dr. Hook. Did you Dr. know that song? Hook. Yes, I did. I love that one. Yeah. And I love how Rona's like, what is this? Radio slash wrists? <laughs> It's interesting that I get that in because some of those kind of scenes are cut because of music rights, aren't they? So it's nice that's still there. Yeah, and, um, and, and actually it's one of those where I'm not sure. I mean, the deck the the, the, the slashed wrist line's funny, but I'm sure yeah. if they cut that bit, it probably wouldn't compare to other scenes, which if they cut is problematic to the plot and makes yes. it no it would make no sense. That bit probably doesn't as much. Um, but no. you know, but it but it, it is funny when Ronan says radio slash wrists. Um, I can think of many artists who I would imagine going on that, like yeah. you know, Leonard Cohen or someone like that. Yes. So Declan suggests Radio Five, and there's an, an, a radio presenter saying in Trafalgar Square, hundreds of travellers have started to celebrate early. So Jenny's in the kitchen to get Tina a glass of water. Jenny then asks for Bill, and in the kitchen the tap isn't working, so Bill runs upstairs. Tina then leans up and says. I think I'm going to be all right. Bill runs downstairs saying the water's gone off. Rona replies, well, it's an electricity wire. Why would they have turned the water off? And at this, and throughout this time, the radio presenter was previously describing a sort of carnival-like atmosphere, you know, really building up the, the joy and that. And it's interesting when Rona says, you know, why would they have turned the water off? And at that moment, the presenter continues, except in Chiswick, where men mending an electricity failure have come across an unidentified World War II device. <laughs> And the whole cow's atmosphere just turns at this point. I like how shocked Bill looks. So outside in the street, um, there is a man with a tannoy who announces, do not come to your front doors or windows for your own safety. We'll be evacuating as soon as we can verify the device is not a mustard gas unit. In the meantime, take cover at once. In an interior room, a cellar, or behind a bit thick barrier until further notice. I repeat, take cover at once and you see next to him there's um, a bomb disposal unit van yeah now this is a throwback actually to a something that was said in a series five episode mayday with the okay. german grandmother when yeah. it's the it's obviously v-day 50 years anniversary of v-day and mm. when aunt pearl and bear are talking about the war and and going on about stuff aunt pearl says you know this whole street was littered with bombs. And so they found one. Well, yeah. they think they found um, one. So I, and I, it's something I only, it's funny, when I watched Mayday mm -hmm. for this particular podcast, I've watched it loads before, hearing that made me think, hang on, they find a bomb in yeah. the Millennium Experience. So there you Again, go. A, a reference back, isn't it? It's such, such clever writing in terms of interweaving those kind of plots and murders. It really, it really is. Well. And it, plays well in terms of it being on millennium night and it building mm. up the danger but you know yeah. it's one of those things i think i said it um on that episode with uh, mark my guest for that episode there must be places across the country where there's just bombs shells everywhere yeah. they've never yeah. gone off 
and just been there yeah. for 80 years that we've never and some yeah. will probably never find it's very it just shows that it, the effects of the war is never going to go away really no no in the house everyone is huddled in the dining room and now and then they've kind of put the te- chairs up and the, the sofa mm. up and as as the guy said you know take cover at once you know behind a thick barrier and everything and the radio for the radio presenter says four minutes to midnight it's a scene repeated throughout the nation as we enjoy ourselves and have a good time and what i love about <laughs> 2.4 is it's one of those shows where i wouldn't say it's a cynical show but it's quite a it's a show about real people and about the mm. idea of, of of this idea that we have to enjoy ourselves instead of how we actually feel so in that moment yeah. feels like switch it off because it's been they're all so miserable that they don't want to hear on the radio people having a nice time. Declan asks if they're going to be safe. But says, of course we'll be safe. It's safe in here. And then Rona reads a label on the sofa and says, warning, this upholstery is not flameproof. And like how Bill just glares at her. But she says, I'm sure it's nice and solid. And teen, and and you know what? It's so funny. I totally forgot about this last line. But when the guy says about going into the cellar, I thought. Oh, why, why don't they go in the cellar? I've just forgotten about this line. And then Tina says, shame we can't get into the cellar. And Bill says, we could if it wasn't for 60,000 toilet rolls and then glares at Ben. <laughs> Which is great because, again, I love with, with Andrew's writing that you, there's no plot hole. There's never a plot no. hole. Everything no. you think, oh, they could do this, or they do that, but they get referenced. So they really yes. are in that stuck in that, in that living room. But what's yeah. funny about it is that, of course, Ben went to get more toilet rolls that's yeah. what he did you know he didn't get rid of all of them they did she says i don't want to see them coming up anywhere else and then they do in the cellar <sighs> so ben says yes well good thing we did too we'll need them soon i didn't call the gas people and tina says i did smell something and then it's funny what you say about you know this, this whole thing happening for it's interesting how mm-hmm. in because it, it's funny because it's not really repeating itself, the show. It's something we've seen before, but it's in a different way. And it's, yes. it's sort of different kind of jokes and different, a different threat almost. Yes. So Ben says, this is a bit like the time we were trapped in that hurricane. Do you remember? And Bill's like, I'm hardly like to forget the most horrible night we've ever spent. And Ben said, no, the most horrible night we've ever spent was when we wandered into the mine in the middle of a minefield. And was like, we didn't wander into it. You did. Ben's like, so did you. Bill replies, looking for you. But I agree, it was definitely the most horrible night we've ever spent. Then Rona says, other than the time we got trapped by those escaped cobras. And I like, I love the way they all act this scene because it's, yeah. they're, they're re- reminiscing, not just as characters, but as the actors about previous scripts that they worked yeah. on. And, but yeah, they, but they played the characters so like, oh my God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So this this wasn't planned to be the last episode because it feels like it's kind of closure because obviously they're reminiscing about previous episodes and they were planning another series, weren't they? Yes. So um, I wrote I was gonna I wrote this this thing down because it's um I mean, you know I know the reason why the show ended. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to dwell on it too much, but no. something that was said on that Sado podcast interview with Belinda Lang, I think, is hard not to reference here because of mm. I've always seen this scene as a very much an example of where this could have been this could be a final episode you know yes. and, and it does work because the characters are you really feel like the show is it, it's always been the same show because I think for me the final series I've said this before but because of the 16.9 aspect ratio 
Of course, mm. it's the same show, same actor, same. But it does feel, in essence, like a different show. But because they're coming over these things that we've seen over the last eight years, you yeah. do feel like it's this. You do know it's the same show. You know they go on. Um, there's like, oh yeah, that was horrible. And then she says, and when I got my head stuck in the cap up and you were hanging from the light fitting in your wedding dress, or when Tina says, what about when you got stuck on Oriana when it sailed and had to hide in my cabin? Ben laughs and Tina says, that wasn't funny. And Bill's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and they all start laughing. <laughs> David then says, what about when we accidentally got connected to Bill Clinton's computer? And was like, oh yeah, that was really horrible. And then when Jenny says, or, oh, it was hard when dad brought home that live pig for Christmas dinner. And Rona says, yes, and I brought past the pigs. And I love that bit about where past the pigs because that was mm. just, that could have just been a, a throwaway gag. But what's funny yeah. is you can tell as characters because they're so, they gel so well together that later on when the, the pig situation was sorted, they will have laughed about that. They're, they're the kind of people where they look back on things, like some of those things they said that was horrible, but then they laugh as well. That's humanity, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we do all the time, don't we? And it just makes me think, because obviously the next scene, Rona sort of announcing she's pregnant, it feels like it's, I mean, she's been going on about wanting to be pregnant mm. since um, the early series, hasn't she, really? So it feels like closure for her as well. So that makes me wonder why it was planned to be the last episode. It's kind of, it's something good happening to her at last. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one because. Oh, did you, were you going to say something? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's just, um, yeah, watching this scene over the years, and, and as you say, what's coming up next um, has always felt to me like it was going to be the end. But from what I can gather, it wasn't. And in this chat that Belinda did with the Sado podcast guys she reminisced, they asked her about a favourite memory of Gary and she said about the poignant memory. So for anyone who hasn't listened to it, um, I would definitely recommend it. It's a fantastic interview with her. But what she said was when they were rehearsing it and they and they were this particular scene, Gary apparently turned to everyone and said, blimey, this feels like a sort of weird ending, doesn't it? And she right. said it really, she said, looking back on it, it actually really did. And, and there was something quite superstitious about it. Yeah. Of course, we all know what happened not long afterwards. Um, but it's interesting because there was it must have made them all think at some point that with what Gary said, actually, there was something in the air. Though I don't think Gary knew the situation at that point, or quite knew. I think it was not long afterwards. But again, if, if you mm -hmm. listen to the part into Belinda's interview, there's a bit more information about that. But one of my yeah. other guests, uh, Russell Minton, a shout out to Russell. He is the one who went to the recordings of Vertigo, Malcolm X, and he was at this recording as well. And I messaged oh, yeah. him after this. Yeah, what a great to see the final episode. Yeah. yeah. And I messaged him after the, the interview with Belinda and he listened to it and he said, when everyone saw it at the recording, it didn't feel that way. Right. And that could make sense because recordings are quite stop and start, aren't they? But yes. watching a full episode, is, I can imagine, be quite different in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, it, it, it definitely does feel like a, by accident than design. Mm. Mm. So we carry on as Bill holds Declan. And it's it's good for him in a way. I mean, this is good dialogue because, again, you're seeing that they're laughing at things that they went through hell when they were in the moment. But they're also giving Declan a bit of an eye, an eye into their yeah. life. Yeah. And, but Bill's great in the way she says to him, oh, I'm sorry, Declan, you're probably wondering what sort of family you've joined. 
and Dex says, I don't care. I've never spent New Year's with a family before. I don't care what we're doing. It's nice to be with people. And then again, it's a nice bit, but then he goes, even her, referring to Tina. <laughs> Tina's the kind of person, I think we all know someone like this, who is, you know, you said before, quite cartoonish and, and that. And, yeah. But those are the kind of people who are the butt of jokes within yes. a certain group, and they don't yeah. always know it. Or they do, but no. they play up to it. And she just goes, yeah. that's so sweet. I don't <laughs> Not realising it was a total insult. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so Tony says there's two minutes to go. And again, what I said earlier about, um, we were discussing about the characters and the phrases, things that they come back around later on. Mm. Bill says, well, I never imagined seeing out the century like this. It's a bit like in the 96 Christmas special when Rona and, and Bill are in the cabin on their own. And Bill says, well, I never thought I'd be spending this Christmas like this. You know, it's, yeah. it's again, things that we all say. And it goes back to what we said earlier about all the millennium panics. Ben says, you admit you were wrong then. All those things you poo-pooed, all those things you said were millennium panics. The electricity has gone off. The gas has gone off. The water has gone off. And then Dex says, and we're all going to die. And he's just, I think he's just playing up to it a bit. Bill yeah. says, no, we are not. And then Ben says, oh, you said all those things were nonsense. And Vern's like, that's right. Every one of those things has come true. And Bill and Bill asks, well, what about the supposed shortage of condoms? That hasn't come true. And, and she's like, has it? And it's quite funny the way this builds up. And Vern's like, yeah. well, no, not a shortage. And Bill's like, well, what do you mean? And says, well, not actually a shortage, more of a failure. And Tony asks, well, what do you mean a failure? And Rose says, well, I'm sorry, I didn't like to say earlier, but um, I'm afraid the lime flavour in the packet wasn't quite as good as the others. <laughs> and then Declan's like, it's the same with fruit pastels. Because <laughs> he mustn't have a clue what she's on about. No, no. Flavored con. I mean, flavored condom. That's quite a thing to say. I mean, again, you know, yeah, family sitcom, yeah. but that's what she's referring to, and the, the fact yeah. that she's talking interesting ones. Yes, she's referring to flavors. Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. But, but young children yeah. wouldn't. Young children wouldn't get that, would they? So it's it's great. It goes up top of their heads, doesn't it? It's well great, over. really. That, yeah, yeah. You could. I think for me, I think a good sign that you ever lose your innocence when you become a teenager or adult is when you watch things. You watch as a kid and you get all the yes. adult jokes. Yeah. It's very funny. So it's it's interesting because as well with Declan, I think for all his hardships, and I always say that he's his character, obviously he would have been developed a lot more had the series gone on, mm. but he as a character has been, you know, been through a lot. He's quite streetwise. He brings, I think, some kind of new mature outlook on the porter's life, but at his yeah. core, he's a child, making that fruit pastel yeah. comment, knowing he probably has no idea what she's on about. Yeah. And he's, I think he's wrong. I quite like the lime flavour and fruit pastels, if I'm honest. <laughs> so Rona says she wanted to be sure, and she did the test for the third time that afternoon. She says, no doubt about it. I'm pregnant. And Rona says, well, after all that, you're pregnant by accident. And Rona said, well, we've been trying for so long, I guess at some point you just had to get unlucky. So um, everyone congratulates them. And <laughs> again, it's a really great observational line is when Ben's like, it's all downhill from here, mate. And it's funny because as I think every man out there sort of says it at some point. Mm. It's a bit like when you hear, you know, when people say how long you've been married, you ask someone how long they've been married for, and usually it's a man. 
He says 22 years, yeah. and you always know it is followed by yeah. you get less for bloody murder. Um, it's just a really funny line because again, 2.4 is not a show that goes for sentimentality, which I like. Um, it's it 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 it's funny. It's it can be soft and nice and and tugs at the heartstrings, but it goes back to the the sharp humor. Yeah, and I like how Jenny asks, "What are they going to call it?" And Ben says, "Harry Lime." <laughs> and and speaking of whom, where's Harry the dog? Where's he in all yeah. this? It's disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah, I suddenly realised. Oh, why Harry? And thought, hang on, where's Harry the dog? Oh, he's he's probably <laughs> upstairs and stuff and everything. Um, or, or the cellar or something. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um. So Tina says, oh, that's all so lovely. I wish I could suddenly find something exciting about myself as well. And Ben's like, you're Jewish. <laughs> and then he explains, you know, what happened with Uncle Lon and their mum was Jewish. So we are. And I like how Tina says, but I don't look Jewish. <laughs> and she holds out her hands, like her arms, like she's almost carrying something. And then he says, who does? And then they put their hands out the same way. And then um, Bill asks, has anyone else got any revelations? And he says, I've got a tattoo. And she goes, oh, my God. Her reaction was fantastic when she says that. Yeah. And Dave's like, do you want to see it? Um, I don't know if he, well, no, I think he was real, but I think he loved, he's still got that childlike quality of trying to shock everybody. Yes. And Bill's like, what on earth possessed you to do that? And Ben says, well, he's old enough to drive, he's, drive, he's old enough to permanently disfigure himself. But what's funny is, a couple of times where you've seen Gary in real life had a tattoo on his arm mm. um, when he plays Baby Spice and and uh, when he wears a very short T-shirt, you can see the tattoo. So, And we've seen yes. that. So essentially, I always see it as, well, Ben has a tattoo then. Because you can yes. cover up tattoos in, in programmes with makeup if you yeah. don't feel it's yeah. right for a character. So maybe, maybe Ben maybe Ben did my granddad, got my, be like my, my, my real-life granddad. He got a tattoo when he was drunk and he totally, totally, totally <laughs> regrets it. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think if me or my brother got a tattoo, he'd be absolutely livid. Just yeah. like my nana smoked. And if she found out that me and my brother tried a cigarette, she'd be so livid. It's amazing what mm. they can do, but we're not allowed to do. Yeah. Then <laughs> so again, they made mistakes and, and you know, the, the next generation learn. Tina says, I had bacon this morning. I'll go to hell. Now, is that something within the Jewish religion that you're not allowed yeah, to do? Yeah, Jewish. Yeah, Jewish community don't eat pork. Today, I didn't know that. that that was quite a, a revelation but then Ben says something else which I um I could interpret in two ways when Ben says um it's all right for you you're a girl I might have to have a and then he basically with his one hand shows like he's holding something and then with the other yeah. snips underneath it now <laughs> is I don't know I, I've had two ways to look at this because she's mentioned hell I either think that it means that when guys go if guys go to hell their place they get their bits chopped off yeah. or is he referring to having to have a circumcision yeah. because of course yeah. the jewish religion yeah again that's quite a, yes. another joke to you know for the kit for the kids to, for, to go over the kids heads quite a few in this one which i quite like um yeah. so bill asks if anyone else has anything else to reveal and jenny says mum and i like how bill says if you tell me you and keith are married i'm gonna throw myself on that bomb and then Jenny says, it's half minute past midnight. And they all say Happy New Year and that you hear an explosion and some light going up and yeah. light bolt, lightning bolt. And then you realise it's fireworks going off. Fireworks, yeah. But that's the beauty of 2.4. <laughs> you have all this build up. You think something's going to happen and it's just something very nonchalant. 
very tame. Yeah. It's it's just life. Something's happened in a moment. They think it's something, but it's fine. It's a bit like within the hurricane episode when they think that the hurricanes appear is happening and they realize it's just <laughs> the Hoover, the cleaner in the hotel that yeah. putting the Hoover by the door. So the you know fireworks going off, and then at the end, Christine enters the house. So it's so nice that we get one last yeah. moment with Christine. She's not given much to do in this episode, is she? She doesn't have many great lines, unfortunately. But she, it's great that she appears. And she, you know, she then says, "Um, what are you all doing hiding in the dark?" And Ben says, "Yo, get down, you idiot!" And she goes, "Oh, that's nice. I bring two bottles of champagne, to celebrate the millennium, and you call me names." And Ben says, "Well, did you see the bomb disposal team?" And Christine explains that they're just packing up to leave. Didn't you hear them announce it? it was only a bombshell? And I like how when they get up, Bill turns to David and says, we've had a few bombshells of our own. And David explains, it's only a little one. So Christine says, well, I know it's meant to be a dark-haired man coming in with a bit of coal. And like Tony says, I've done that. And Christine says, well, isn't somebody going to kiss me? And they all turn away. And then, you know, in shot, and then Ben goes, oh, well, why not? And he gives her a kiss on the cheek. And he kisses her on the cheek, actually, in Babes in the Woods, I think, with the um, mistletoe. Mm. And then he yeah. kisses on the she goes, now hand over the booze. Um, <sighs> I couldn't find any reference to like, is the whole idea of a dark head man coming in with coal some saying or story? That I yeah, I think it's like a tradition, isn't it? I think it's like a tradition for New Year. Oh, never mm. heard of it before. And uh, probably one of those old wives tales that, you know, yeah, doesn't probably. happen. Yeah. One no. story said it and then everyone thinks it happens to everyone. So... It's a very, you know, jolly scene, really. I mean, it, it feels like this is obviously, you know, a typical quarter house in the, in the new year. There's Christmas yeah. decorations still up. They've got champagne. They have got champagne, but they're all in yeah. coats, a hat. They've had to be in, you know, round blankets and quilts. And they are um, in the dark. It's just such, it just yeah. feels so unglamorous and so not fun, but they're making the best of it. And I like yeah. how I love how Declan asks, "Oh, can I have some?" Bill's like, "No." And Rona, <sighs> bear in mind, she's going to be a mother. She says, "Oh, yeah. just a dribble." And Bill's like, "Oh, all right." But you know, I mean, I remember being about his age one New Year, yeah. and I think it was Books Fizz that my family bought when we had a, used to do yeah. um, New Year's with our neighbours. And I think, I think they say, "Oh, just a dribble's all right." And I think actually, yeah. they, they my my parents put a lemonade in mine to dilute it but it worked yeah. and it was nice to yeah. be part of it and it's better as it's like they like the theory in france it's better to do it at home yes yeah so, yeah so bill says oh all right tina then makes a point she says i haven't got any and everyone says cheers and then i like how bill says i want to say something she wants to make a speech and they all groan they're like oh mum. but she does the speech and she goes well it's been a horrible evening and I know what you're all probably thinking, that none of this would have happened if Dina hadn't called out the gas company. And I like that Rona, bear in mind, she's been quite um, quite, quite blunt with Tina all night. She goes, no, we're not. So I think everyone's softening because they know it's not, nothing's happened. They're past midnight. The world's not come to an end. It's all been coincidental what's happened. They, they're probably realising, actually, at this moment, they think the gas did, there was gas outside and thought, actually, it's okay. Bill continues. But if you think about it, she only did it for us because she only wanted to do the right thing to keep us safe at a time that we all wanted to be together. And whatever kind of evening that we have had, we have all been together. And that's the main thing. So you all raise a glass, as Bill says. So here's to us. 
the porters, friends. And then she goes over to Tina. Bear in mind, she always has a bit of a, a frozen relationship with Tina and pours a bit yeah. of her glass of champagne into Tina's and then says, and family, which is really sweet. And she says, cheers, yeah. cheers. And then Bill says, a typical Bill, she, she starts with, oh, it's been a horrible evening, and then <laughs> ends with, and let's hope the next thousand years are better. But all I can say is the first 22 have not been very fun. That's all I can say. <laughs> they all clink their glasses and everything. And then Christine says, blimey, what's that horrible smell? Talk, trust Christine to be the one to smell it. Yeah. She, she walks over to the coat hanger and says, it's coming from this coat. <laughs> and then she goes, four, how old are those fish fingers? <laughs> I can't say this that one. How old are those fish fingers? And then she holds out a boss box of fish fingers. <laughs> and she then like puts it. She puts, I wonder how old they are. She she like <laughs> she like puts them in front of everyone's nose and then they all sort of scream. And then Dina says, Oh, I popped out and bought those the last time I wore that coat. I wondered where they went. And then Ben says, Oh, get rid of them, they smell terrible. Then I like that, that she has a great bit when she's sort of holding them with a little finger on the, the edge of it. And then Tina says, it's almost like there was a gas leak in here. And her oh. eyes just go. The audience, the studio audience laugh quite nervously. Um, and I like the last sort of shot. I mean, it's not the last shot of, the sh of every character, but the last shot of them all together. And yeah. they, their faces just like, turn to her, like give her the thunderous glare. And I like how she's a bit nervous. It's quite funny, really, isn't it? And she laughs and then just gets a bit nervous. So outside the street, the men are taking away all the stuff. And I like how Bill, like, grabs her hand, pulls her up the path. And Tina's like, where are we going? Where are you taking me, Bill? And it's like, Bill's like, this way. Bill is very calm. But she, I think, oh, my God, this is quite scary. And then Bill approaches, a, the, probably I'm assuming the same man with the channel, and says, oh, can I borrow that for a second? And I like how she says it as she grabs it off him, not waiting to get him to hand it. No. She's like, come on a second. Thank you. She grabs it off him and speaks through the tannoy and says, attention, attention, everyone in the street. And I like when through the window of the house, we see Ben, Christine, Rona and Jenny all look with candles and they all, yeah. they all, and David, and they all just look with a big smile on the face thinking, what's she going to do? Rona looks a bit concerned because I think she knows Bill's going to go crazy, but it's just brilliant because they know they, they're going to enjoy this. So Bill yeah. continues going, I want to tell you something terribly funny. There was never a gas leak at all. Isn't that amusing? And the blonde bimbo who made the hilarious mistake and caused it all to spend the night like this is right out here just now. And she puts her hand out to, you know, turn the attention to Tina. Bill yeah. then hands the tannoy back to the man and says to, to no one in particular, although I'm going to say what I think in a minute about this last line. She says, happy new millennium. I'm sure you'll all have a million laughs. She goes back into the house. Then it turns into a scene from a horror film, doesn't it? Yeah, it's really creepy, this scene, isn't it? It's typical uh, 2.4 <laughs> children. It's like... It's like red, isn't it, really? Yeah, like... And it's very well shot as well because you've got, like... Mm. The five men in the kind of hats and the gear, it, it, they all turn to the camera and the music goes, and then we have three shots of other houses. You've got two children through the window of another house with a, with a candle. Mm. You've got a guy looking out his window with a candle. And yeah. the creepiest one 
is there's one where I don't know if it's a lady or, or a younger girl, teenage girl, but she just she has a candle lamp and then the, she just opens the curtain very slowly. It's very sinister. Yes. And the five men approach Tina and the music gets more quite intense. Dum, dum. And we look and the, and the camera um, goes in on Tina and she looks, looks around at them. And then she's, I'm not going to subject anyone to the scream, but she does quite a, a blood curdling horror yeah. film kind of scream, doesn't she? Yes. Yeah. And the camera pulls away and I, I was watching intently. Like, do we see them go? What are they going to do? Do they put their hands up? Do they, you know, but they're going to get her basically. You don't quite yeah. <laughs> know no. what she's gonna, they're going to do. No. But the camera moves away and then we go above that street and the very last shot is full sky fireworks. Yeah. Very fireworks. like we saw at the beginning in the opening yeah. credits. Um, yeah. And that is the, the last scene, not the last moment in the episode. That comes a bit later. No. But we'll, there's quite a few things to dissect here. And I say we're not fully finished with the episode. But firstly... How do you find this as a series finale? Bear in mind, it wouldn't have been, it wasn't written necessarily as as the last episode. I think it's a really good episode, really well written. You know, you've got the the multifaceted plot in there. You've got the really all the characters you want to be seeing in this episode. Yeah, it works really well as a kind of last episode, doesn't it? There's lots of sort of reminders back from previous episodes, and like you said, lots of uh, lots of really good sort of plot bits in it as well love it I, I completely agree and i would say if, if um if i'm allowed to kind of go on a waffle for a moment um i might mm. be reading more into this but watching this final series i would say that by accident rather than design series eight is one of the best final series of a sitcom because how yes. else do you end how do you end a family sitcom because like of course a, a final episode of any series whatever genre has to sort of end the premise essentially so like yeah only fools and horses i know it came yes. back for some yes. questionably came back i think in the 2000s but think of the 96 finale they mm. always wanted to be millionaires and they got it mm. but when a tv show is about you know and if you think of friends for example you know yeah. it's about well i'm not going to spoil it for anyone who's not seen it but i mean if you haven't seen friends where have you been living but you know it's about friendship in the early years and, and for 10 years about them growing up and then they become friends and then, then they go up. Yes. Whereas the thing as well about a final series of any series, of any series, let's again, whatever genre, every episode ties something up or is a final something. And mm -hmm. it's usually there's throwbacks to previous series and ideas and, and character story arcs change. But, you know, each episode, again, I might be reading way more into this than I should be. But every episode of Series 8 actually unknowingly ties something up. So, so first episode, Fame. It's like I said when I reviewed that one, I feel like that's the last classic two-point for children. This is, we know Declan sort of is in the process of Declan moving in with them, but it's the last time we see the original characters having some kind of last story. But it's like, almost like, it reminds me a lot of Greed, actually, and yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. It's the last time we see them, the core family with Rona together. You then have Enter the Dragon, Declan's first episode by Alex Q, but it's also Liz Smith's final episode. And that scene when she screams at the end, I think a good final shot for her. Yeah. Sticky Fingers, you see Jenny and David sort of in the, in the, in the process of growing up. They, they are, obviously the reason they brought Declan because they, they had to grow up. 
Jenny's fallen in yeah. love in a more grown-up way, although I think that there's a bit of a teenage element to her relationship with Keith. David is no longer the silly little boy. You know, he is yeah. a grown-up figure, a, a, an older brother. He'll be It's the first time he's ever been an older brother. But also, Declan does bring a, a different outlook to the family, which I think would have been yes. interesting to see how they, put, how they explore that. After the Fox is Bill and Rona's final surreal adventure as a kind of duo, which links to their catering yeah. business, which was never going to be a hit. You know, that was always just going to be ongoing. They would never be able to rest on any laurels. They would just do that forever. Sometimes they have successes, sometimes they don't. But then they would just have a lot of madcap events in the process. Carry on screaming. You've got Declan officially joining them, or they're, they're, they're told that he can join them. And then Ben has some closure with his family history. Then the millennium experience. Well, there's more than just a couple of things. Declan's officially adopted by the family. Rona's finally pregnant. Tina learns her background. Almost the entire cast are here, except for Liz Smith and Barbara Lott. They reminisce about previous episodes. They raise a glass and talk about them being together. Here's to us, the portals. And again, it's not overtly sentimental, as in typical 2.4 fashion. It's undercut with humour. The last scene, it's not like a last moment. Like a lot of sitcoms, they go quite sentimental in their last scene. In this, the kind of scene outside the house with Tina looking like she's going to get attacked by these people of course it's not that but it's quite sinister it doesn't you don't leave feeling comfortable you don't finish feeling comfortable and the fireworks and then appropriately bill of all people has the last line happy new millennium i'm sure you'll all have a million laughs that's a very goodbye to the audience isn't it in a weird sort of way and then finally 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 for a series that in the words of the band travis is tied to the 90s how else could you have ended it apart from on Millennium Night? Yeah. And I've always said that Series 8 definitely feels like a crossover period for 2.4. Had it come back for Series 9 and beyond, the dynamic would have changed completely. You know, Rona's mm. baby would be born eventually. We probably would have learned more yeah. about Declan. I reckon his mum would have come back as well, or certainly his past would have come back and to, to threaten his new life with the Porters. You know, um, maybe Jenny or David would have had a child of their own. It yeah. would have been the same show, but it would have been very different. Yes. And of course, yeah. because of how history played out, this is the last episode. Mm. And I think it ends perfectly. I mean, 9.03 million people watched this in 99. Oh. Bear in mind, this series got 6 million average, 6, 7 million average. Yeah. So not yeah. everyone knew who Declan was, but it showed no. 9 million was average for the first series. So the show never really... It went very high at one point in the middle, but it always retained mm. for series eight. That is a phenomenal. Yeah, I, I've I, I've waffled on a little bit, but do you think my observations feel a bit seem? No, absolutely right. I think series eight is a great ending, isn't it, to the whole the whole um, sitcom? It's a fantastic um, example, and like you said, it, it stayed it stayed good throughout, didn't it? Really, in terms of its writing and yeah, the performances all really strong. I think it's one of those where. I think, of course, I'd rather it had gone on rather than why it ended. Yeah. But take away the, that situation, that 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 circumstance. I think it works really well as a final episode, regardless of why it ended. As a final, as a, it, it, it's a nice package that people can now yes. revisit on iPlayer and Ripbox. But, Jason, this isn't the last. This is not the last moment for two point four, is it? No. Because there's a post-credit scene, as we've seen in a couple of episodes this series, yeah. there is something else. So 
interesting isn't it it's very much of <laughs> in recent years particularly around being able to see it again interesting it, it, it feels very prophetic for the future so yes so anyone remembers um, and I think they still do it now whenever a TV show that's been is on has a video DVD or blu-ray release uh, at the end of a, 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 of a episode the, there's always a BBC announcement say and you can find two more 2.4 children on this BBC video or Doctor Who on this BBC video there were th there was one 2.4 tape that went out with the first three episodes but I think it must have gone out of circulation by 99 so this this um, final shot after the credits, is just a red sort of background. You see a, a videotape of 2.4 children, but it probably looks like an internal tape because it's not professionally. There's there's a cover of the casting crew, but it's not professionally like a, a videotape that you would find in HMV. And it's Tony O'Rourke, who was a, a voice announcer for the BBC. And at least the last line in 2.4, he says, you may like to know that no episodes at all of 2.4 children are available on the BBC video. <laughs> And that feel, and the thing is, Andrew's really good as well at, at satirizing certain things in yeah. media. And he has, I always love the vignettes that do, like in Misery, when they, he does the um, shot of Christmas lights and it's August or September or something. Mm. And then at Easter Egg Factory on Christmas Eve, you know, he's he, there, he's taking the Mickey out of like that sort of announcement. But it's, it's a one final dig that very sadly proven accurate because. We only had three series on DVD in the last twenty years, and yeah. now, now it yeah. you know it took twenty years, twenty one years, for the whole thing to be available. I mean, streaming probably wasn't something they imagined would happen in nineteen ninety nine, but it just feels correct that that's the final thing we see, not just the fireworks, but something else. Yeah, yeah. I've waffled on enough. What what do you have any? What are your sort of final thoughts? And if there's anything else you wanted to mention about this episode? No, I just think it's a great example of. The series really like you said it stays strong throughout it's uh it has a fantastic plot and there's some really funny moments in it and I, yeah i watched it back again thinking actually yeah this is still really good you know from the first episode to the last it's stayed really strong i think for me it's i mean i like to watch the christmas specials when i can you know when they're available uh, traditionally in, in december so it's nice that this year we've got it on iPlayer and that I can watch the Christmas specials and maybe this one on New Year's Eve. I think it's a, it works yeah. well as a New Year's Eve special. Um, and, and then the Halloween ones are, uh, in October as well. Well, Jason, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you being a, a new guest for the last episode. And so what, what would you give this final episode out of five? Uh, I think a five. It's yeah. a strong episode. Yeah, Really strong episode. Yeah. I'm giving it a five as well, because I think for me, it's, it's, it's a really great ending. I think kudos, I mean, I don't know, something must have been in the air or something with what Gary said at the rehearsal and then how Andrew wrote it, but something something was working in the favour of if this was the end because of such a tragic circumstance, at least from a story point of view, it doesn't, it doesn't end with any loose ends. And that's really quite amazing, really. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for joining me, Jason. And um, have you got any Twitter or Instagram or any sort of social media you want to, to post? Um, to say where you no, no, not at all. Just thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it today. So thank oh, you very much. It's been great fun. Thank you for joining me. And thank you to everyone who's listened. So that's it. That's the end of the 2.4 Children episode reviews. However, if anyone heard my announcement last week or have been up to date with social media, this is not the end of Don't Slam Your Podcast. There will be 
other episodes planned for the future. I reckon I'll either be releasing maybe one a month or maybe one every two months. But for anyone who has missed the big announcement, there is going to be a book about the history of the show that I'm working on at the moment. I don't have a publisher. I will self-publish if I can't find one. I'm in the research stage at the moment. And from the interviews I've done with more cast and crew, I think you're going to like what you're going to read. Please keep an eye on our social media. Follow the 2.4 Children DVD and Streaming Campaign Facebook page. You can also join the group The Porter World. And on Twitter, you can find me at 2.4 Podcast and the same username for Instagram. Keep up to date with new 2.4 memes. I'll give you updates about the book. And so this is not the end, but it is the end of the reviews. Thank you all so much. I, I, I really enjoy doing these reviews. Never, I've never been bored of it. I've, I'm really pleased that people have listened. And please spread the word. And if you want to leave a review and it helps get more people to listen it's you can give any star but five stars will get more help more with the algorithms or whatever it is in technical terms on apple reviews thank you all so much and i'll speak to you all very soon and happy new millennium 22 years later i hope we have more laughs <laughs>